Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. speak briefly about leaving an inheritance and I want to speak about Elijah and Elisha and I love this duo I often forget which one's which it's not helpful that they both start with E I'm like which one was the older one which one was the younger one and they had this wonderful father-son prophet relationship um, where Elijah mentored Elisha took him under his wing and helped him and at the end of I'm going to have to think about it every time. Elijah's life. So his life is coming to an end and Elisha is hanging out with him and they recognise that the time is drawing near for Elijah to be returned, well, to return to heaven, go to heaven. And they're on a journey together. And in uh, 2 Kings 2, it outlines where they're off to. They're off visiting different towns before Elijah goes to heaven and Elijah's saying to Elisha, look, I'm going to go and I'm going to visit a few towns, do a few things. You stay here. And Elisha's like, there's no way that I'm staying here. Wherever you go, I am going. And I pray that we would be a church that would take the generations with us. That we would go, you know what, I'm on a journey somewhere. I'm headed in a certain direction. And, you know, you could stay here or you could come. And that we would create space in our lives to bring people with us. And there's a few places that they went on this little end of the road, a little tour. And the first place that they went was to the town of Bethel. Now, the word Bethel means the house of God. And I pray that as we leave an inheritance for our children, our children's children, our biological children, and the people who come to our church that we adopt as spiritual children, that we would make a commitment to bring them to the house of God, that I'm going to church on Sunday, you're coming with me. You know, for our kids, obviously, they're only 10 and 2. They don't have a choice. They're not allowed to stay at home on their own just yet. So they have to come to church with us. But even as they grow, the encouragement would be, it's Sunday, we're going to the house of God. In Genesis 35, 1 to 3, it talks about Bethel. It says, then God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel, and settle there. Can I encourage you to settle there? Settle in the house of God. Allow your children to, and I think Dan spoke about this last week, allow yourself and your children to grow deep roots, to flourish, to settle, to belong, to connect here. So go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. Sorry, sound guys, I just realised that I skipped that whole section. I'm coming back to the second Kings verse. Sorry, guys. So God said to his, so Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him. And I love that. He first addressed his own household and then he addressed everybody else who was there. And this is what he said to them. Get rid of the foreign gods you have with you and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come, let's go up to Bethel where I will build an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress and who has been with me wherever I have gone. So here Jacob's addressing his household saying, you know what? We're going to the house of God. 
We're going to church and there we're going to build an altar where we're going to worship our great God, where we're going to remember the things that He has done for us. We're going to remember that He has never left us, where He has never forsaken us, where He has never failed us. But He's always been there and He has carried us through every season. So let's go to Bethel and let's settle there. And I pray for the hearts today that feel restless. And I pray that you would find a settledness, that you would find a peace in the house of God, that you would come and that you would bring your household with you. And you would say, let's settle here. Let's build an altar. You know, there's already an altar built here, but in our own hearts, let's come, let's repent Let's be purified. Let's get rid of every other idol that we've set up in our lives. You know, you might not have a physical idol. You might not have a a calf at home carved out of bronze. It would be weird if you did. If you did, that's, that's on you. But if you did, it's pretty weird. But we don't have physical idols necessarily, but we sure have idols set up in our hearts, things that we place above God. And those things need a tumble and those things need a fall. And in the altar of our own hearts, let's leave a legacy to generations to come that the house of God is so important. You know, for us, we've arrived at a place and it's always a journey. And wherever you are on the journey today, that's okay. You trust and believe that God is leading you. But we've come to a place in our journey that whatever God stirs us to give in this offering we will give it because we've seen a pattern where, where God's called us to give and we've, when we've been obedient to that voice and given, that God has always provided for us and God has never left us short. And we've always had the resource that we've needed in our hands to do what we've needed to do. So we remember that and we allow that faith to arise in our hearts again that when God calls, that we will faithfully be obedient. So the first place that Elijah and Elijah went to was Bethel. In their own mentoring and generational thing that they had going, Elijah led Elisha to the house of God. And I pray that we would do the same, that we would settle, that we would plant, that we would bring our family, that we would purify our hearts, that we would repent, that we would build an altar and that we would worship And this is what this whole legacy thing is about, the kingdom of God, the house of God being established, being built, that we would see it thriving and growing. And the next place that they went on their little tour was they went to the town of Jericho. Now, Dave preached about this not long ago when he was here at Blue Mountains campus. And he did a great, great job outlining the story. Many of you will know the story about the Israelites going to Jericho and God giving them a very specific plan about how they were going to defeat Jericho and break into the city walls. And as as a church, as a people who want to leave an inheritance, I pray that we would lead, lead our sons and our daughters into a place of breakthrough, where they would see the walls of the cities of their own hearts, of their own battles, Because goodness knows that the generations to come are walking in hard seasons and hard times where they will be faced with many obstacles and many battles. But I truly believe that like God raised Esther for such a time, that when we look at the future for our children, that we aren't to be afraid, 
but we are to believe that God has called them for such a time as this. And God has preordained that they would be born into, into a time and a season where it would be difficult, but He would strengthen them and He would fill them with conviction and courage. And that God has called you and I for such a time to lead them into that place of victory. That it isn't by a fluke or some weird coincidence that God has raised you and I for such a time as this, to lead a generation, to empower them, to equip them, to help them to rise, to help them in their own Jericho season. And I pray that we would encourage them to always be obedient to the instruction of God. You know, the walls of Jericho would not have fallen if they didn't obey the commandment that God had given them, the specific instruction. If they'd gone, oh, seven times is a bit too much to march around and blow the horns. Not really into that. Let's go on the third time. Let's take a vote. Who wants to go on the third time rather than the seventh? Israelite, yes, I'm too tired. My legs are tired. I can't be bothered. I'm getting a bit dizzy circling and walking around. I'd like to see something else. I'm in a hurry to possess the land that God has given me. Third time it is. I'm telling you, if those horns had have blasted on that third time, those walls would not have fallen. And we need to leave a legacy of being obedient to the instruction of God. You know, not long ago, we went to, just Dan, myself and the kids, went to Eljana's for dinners. Who's ever been to Gregory Hill's? shops and you get out of the car and you smell it straight away. But I do think it smells better sometimes than it tastes. But anyway, that charcoal chicken, we're like, let's go to Aljana's tonight. Anyway, so we went and there was this family, well, just a mum and three kids. They had come in after us and they were sitting in the booth behind us. So we could see them. The kids were kind of facing us. But Ollie was up and facing them. And the mum was ordering the food and the kids were just so beautiful, so well behaved. And they're probably like maybe 10, 8 and 6, just sitting so patiently waiting for their mum. And she looked like the most calm, gentle, joyful soul. And I thought, I don't know how you do it. She's brought the kids out on her own. She's ordering the food. They're not complaining, fussing, doing anything while their mum's not there. They're not ripping open the salt packets and they're just so beautifully. And so Ollie has turned and facing them and they're engaging him and laughing and it was all just lovely. So the mum comes around and they're saying, mum, look at that little boy. And she's, you know, you know, booth seating is awkward. It's so I'm like, get off my space and don't breathe into my food if you wouldn't mind. But they just didn't care that he was laughing and looking at them and it was just lovely. And I just, I really felt to encourage her that I didn't know if she was a single mum, dad could have been at work. I don't know her story, but I was just so blessed by this beautiful family out on this dinner. Mine looked like raggedy tracksuit pants, old thing. Her kids were beautiful. Anyway, so we left and I didn't say anything and we got out of the shop, the restaurant, and I said to Dan, oh, I just feel so strongly that I should encourage that lady. That I just think she's doing such a good job raising those kids. I don't know what she's doing, but what a beautiful family. And he's like, well, you should just go and do it. And I was like, what? What are you going to do? I said, I don't know. I just feel like I should go in there. She's like, and you could tell she was half mortified. 
and half like intrigued about, was I really going to go back and tell this random stranger that I thought she was a great parent? And she's like, what, what are you going to say? I said, I don't know until I get in there and I just hope something non-awkward will come out. Um, and I said, I'll just, I'm just going to go and do it. So I go in and I just said, look, sorry, this is a bit embarrassing and I don't know you and you don't know me, but I was just watching you with your kids and I just thought, what an amazing mum you are. Your kids are so well behaved and they just look so happy and loving and just amazing love that, you know, is going on there. And I don't mean to stop your dinner or embarrass you, but I just wanted to say that. She was like, oh, that's, you know, really lovely, lovely. Thanks so much, blah, blah, blah. So we had a small chat and then I left. So Dan and Ollie went home and Ivy and I ducked into the shops to get some groceries. And I said to her, do you know why I did that? And first of all, let me preface this story by this can happen in your home. This doesn't happen because I'm a pastor. This happens because I want to lead my children in the ways of the Lord. And every parent should have that own same desire. You don't need a special calling from God. You don't need to be the preacher. You don't need to be the worship leader. You just need to be a mum or a dad who has a heart to lead your kids in the ways of God. So I said to her, I know that can be a bit embarrassing, but I needed to do that. And she said, why did you need to do it? I said, I felt the nudge on the inside and I know that's the Holy Spirit. And when I feel that nudge, I need to obey it. Because I said to her, what's the point of me asking the Holy Spirit to speak to me if when he speaks to me, I don't listen to him? So she said, oh, okay, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, that night I had developed an allergy in my eye and my eye was so sore and it was carrying on. Anyway, so I could see her walking back and forth in the house and I was like, what is she doing? And so she comes to me and she said, I just feel like I need to pray for you, for your eye. And... On the inside, you know, that thing of she got it, she got the lesson from the Eljana's restaurant thing to obey the nudge of the Holy Spirit. So she prayed for me and it was such a lovely moment of that's it, you've just got to obey. Can we be parents who encourage our children to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit? That they're in a battle that we would say, what is the Holy Spirit encouraging you to? Because you know what? When they're facing battles at school, you and I aren't there to help them. We're reliant on the voice of the Holy Spirit to encourage them in the days when we're not there to put our arms around them, that they would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and they would experience their own Jericho moments where the walls of their battles would fall down, where they would possess the land that God has given them, where they would worship Him where they would be triumphant in their Christian faith. The third place that Elijah and Elisha went to was the Jordan River. Now, this is a place of promise, of inheritance, of living water, of remembrance, where Joshua led the Israelites into the promised land, where they crossed the Jordan River into the place that God said that they would possess and that they would inherit that you and I would lead a generation into promised places. You know, there are people in our community who are waiting to walk into a church just like ours, that you and I would create a place where the waters can be parted, where we can create access for them to come in and to receive salvation, receive healing, receive living water. In Psalm 78, 1-4, It says, listen, dear friends, to God's truth. 
bend your ears to what I tell you. I'm chewing on the morsel of a proverb. I'll let you in on the sweet old truth. Stories we heard from our fathers. Counsel we learnt at our mother's knee. We're not keeping this to ourselves. We're passing it along to the next generation of God's fame and fortune. The marvellous things that He has done. He planted a witness in Jacob and set his word firmly in Israel, then commanded our parents to teach it to their children so that the next generation would know and all generations to come. Know the truth and tell the stories so that their children can trust in God and never forget the works of God, but keep his commandments to the letter. You know, I love this Jordan River when they crossed over and Joshua said, each, they pick a person from each of the 12 tribes, get them to pick up a rock and we're going to build a remembrance altar. And I loved it. Jacob, Joshua said to them, too many J's, too many E's, too many things, said to them, pick up the rock and put it on your shoulder. Who knows, it wasn't a stone. You know, it'd be a bit weird if you're carrying a tiny little stone on your shoulder, but pick up the weight of this responsibility. Pick it up shoulder it and build an altar that whenever anybody walks by and the children say to them, what do these rocks mean? We can tell them this is the place that God led us to break through. Always remember that this is the place where God's promise came true. This is the place where God heard us and He answered our prayers. This is the place when when we followed Him, He led us into victory. Let us always be reminded that God was for us and not against us. And I want to encourage you and I to pick up and shoulder the responsibility of passing this on to the next generation, that they would always follow Him. Can we can be committed to picking up the responsibility of prayer, of praying fervently for our church, for our children, that they would know the Lord, they would desire to seek Him and follow Him all the days of his life. You know, this last place, or the last word I want to draw from this scripture, and we'll go back to that Second Kings if we can. So this is Second Kings 2, 9 to 13. It says, when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? And this is what he says, I love this. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. I love it. What do you want from me? What do you want as an inheritance? He could have said, I want your cows. I want your sheep. I want your chariot. I want all of that. But Elisha didn't care. He said, I want the spirit, the spirit that you've got on you, the anointing that you've got on you, the blessing that you've got on you. I need that more than I need your financial blessing, more than I need anything else that you own. I need the Spirit of God that rests on you for miracles, for favour, for breakthrough, that thing that rests on you. Let me have a double portion of that. It says, you have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise it will be not. And now as they were walking along and talking together, Suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elisha went up to heaven in a whirlwind. 
Elisha saw this and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. And Elisha then picked up Elisha's cloak that, he had, that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah? He asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left and he crossed over. You know what? Our sons and our daughters are also going to stand on the banks of their own Jordan and they're going to question, will this work for me? Will I get the same breakthrough? When I touch the water, will this cloak, will the same God who worked with Elijah, will he work for me? And our sons and our daughters will face the same dilemma. And I pray as they stand with a double portion of what you and I impart into them, that they will see the faithfulness of our God who does not change from generation to generation, but they will receive an inheritance of the Spirit of God, which when they touch the water, it will divide and they will walk through on dry ground into the places that God has for them. You know, Psalm 119.90 says, Your faithfulness extends to every generation as enduring as the earth you created. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.